Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we provide the internet with the hottest takes on the coldest news stories. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. Do you like how quickly I delivered my self-introduction there? Yeah, it was very cool. Like, no big deal. I'm Jeff. Yeah. Do you think it's bad that every single episode we comment on how good we did at introducing no, ourselves? No, we need this! We need this to get us going! Otherwise we'll <laughs> yeah. never be able to make it! This is this is our warm-up exercise? <laughs> we need yes. that. All of us. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I guess I do need someone telling me I'm doing a good job literally every second of my life. Yeah. Don't we all? I feel- I realized- I mean, I think everyone has this, but I realized how much of a deficiency it is in my personal character- Last week when I was, like, working on building something in my woodworking shop, and I had to come find my wife and have her come outside and go, oh, yeah, good, just so that I would feel like I wasn't wasting my time. Yeah. That's why I have a YouTube channel. (laughs) I am familiar with this feeling. (laughs) I just need one person to not be mad at me for doing what I'm doing. That's all I ask. That's very interesting. It hadn't... I I don't know if I've ever sought that, but it does feel good when I... Uh, receive that. Yeah. Of course. It's one of the human needs in that uh, triangle of things people need. Maslow. Maslow's cat. Yeah, it's, there you go. Your, your self-esteem will die if you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> that's just true. Yeah, it's a little too close to home. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, it's, it's always weird to me when someone online is commenting on like a video or whatever like you're just doing it for attention like yeah man that's what everyone (laughs) is doing all the time all anyone wants is attention i feel we're exposing our weakness to our audience here because they now know that if they ever fear that we're going to stop doing the show as i threaten every week (laughs) all they need to do is post one thing on our discord like hey good episode this week and i will uh, that'll get me another year of doing this Mm, they would never do that for us. That's true. Yeah. Especially me. I think I'm the villain of this show. <laughs> do we all agree? Yeah. Our listeners are very Sunder A, and they won't give us the praise that we crave so desperately. <laughs> yeah. I would say you're like the knuckles of the show. Ooh. Okay. You're like the you're like the the fast talking, uh, hard hitting rival, but you you're on mm. the good side ultimately. Okay, yeah, like, I'm like, um, what's that piece of shit in Pokemon? Gary? Brandy? <laughs> Gary? Gary, it is Gary. <laughs> I like we all had a different answer. <laughs> yeah, he's the rival, but he's not Team Rocket. Right, exactly, He he's there to make you better, even though he's kind of a piece of shit. That's me, all over, man. Oh, man, I miss when Pokemon rivals were mean to you in the games. Yeah, it feels yeah. like they've gone too far the other way. I want the next one to be, like, your rival shows up when you're a kid, but he's a fully grown adult, and he has a gun. <laughs> and he's just like, I'm gonna kill your Pokemon, you piece of shit. Isn't this what Pal World is? <laughs> yeah, that that's what Pal World, Pal World is. I, I just like that first one. He's just like, hey, loser, let's go on our Pokemon adventure. Anyway, smell you later. Like, he's just, he's just, yeah. he's just mean. Yeah. Do you think that part of it is because po- because uh, um, Game Freak is afraid to put the word dickweed in one of their games? <laughs> I think it's the same reason that Animal Crossing villagers aren't mean to you anymore. Mm. I think yeah. that there's a general philosophy of we should uh, remove 
antagonism from these games for children because our vibe is is friendlier than that. I do think that like society will get better the less we normalize the idea that some kids are just pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. I remember yeah. as a kid being like, oh, okay, all of media tells me that there are some kids who are nice and sweet, and some kids who are real pieces of shit, and both are <laughs> equally acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, but I do miss when you would give, like, a worm to a villager, and they'd be like, what are you doing? I hate you. I'm gonna burn your house down. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But that I just think that we need to save that kind of energy for things that are intended for adults. Yeah, yeah. You know, like porno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need a, a playable Pokemon porno. <laughs> oh, Pornography God, antagonist. 100% <laughs> exists. I was making a joke about pornography antagonists, which would be good, oh but 100% there is a playable Pokemon porno. Pornography yeah, antagonists. Sure. That implies yeah. that there's a protagonist. Yeah. And it's not just people screwing around. <laughs> Oh, it's a second. Uh, it's a second person piece of media. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it depends on the genre of porno. <laughs> oh, I'm just Christ. trying not to say first person shooter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, let's not talk about this anymore. No, it's true. <laughs> I was going to say it would be funny to have a porno where some... I, I said, let's not talk about it, that I'm going to talk yeah, about it more. Yeah, uh, of course. I was going to say it would be funny to have a porno where someone comes out and they were like, what's the matter with you, you piece of shit? Why are you watching porno with your <laughs> little stupid dick? But yeah, that's definitely a genre. That's already a thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any type of emotion you could put into a porno that people aren't already putting into a porno because they really yeah. want it. Yeah. <laughs> weird. <laughs> People are weird. Man. Yeah. Anyway, what have you been up to, Jeff? Uh, uh nothing. Normal uh-huh. stuff. Mm-hmm. Where were you mm-hmm. on the night of Yeah. What's February? your browser history, Jeff? Killing that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh no, I mean I wasn't. <laughs> uh no, I, I mean killing my dick with <laughs> masturbating. <laughs> yeah, I was uh just at home jacking off a lot. It was nothing weird. <laughs> Uh, I recently did a fun little project where I noticed that the edges of the screen on my Game Boy Advance were starting to uh, fade in such a way that online indicated... um, That it was an old treasure map? Yeah, it's an old treasure map, and I had to wait until it faded to reveal the X on Mm -hmm. it where the treasure would be. Um, No, it's just like the, the, what you call it, the polarizing film on an LCD wears oh, out yeah. um <laughs> so it would like i eventually it would overtake the whole screen you wouldn't be able to see it um so yeah. i could either go through the uh painstaking process of peeling the glass off the screen taking the polarizing film off the lcd and replacing it or just uh get a new screen um huh. one of the things about screens for game boy advances is everybody wants these fancy new, what they call, IPS screens. Um, Mm, That's the one where it makes you poop all the time? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Irritable play syndrome. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's what most gamers have, am I right? Hey, freaking god But the, the IPS screens for a Game Boy Advance are usually brighter and higher resolution. 
Um, mm-hmm. I don't want higher resolution. I want it to mm-hmm. look like a Game Boy, not like an emulator. Mm-hmm. So, but buying ones that are the original resolution is hard. Like they're a little harder to find, and the one that uh, I was able to find, I also had to get a new case for the Game Boy, like a new shell for it. So, <sighs> yesterday I replaced the shell, uh, which was a a nice little project to do while listening to a podcast. Um, and now I have a little, uh, nice little good as new Game Boy Advance SP with a battery that's like triple the capacity of the original one. Got nice, my, nice. my little EverDrive GBA <laughs> in there, which is, uh, it's the, the top notch flash cart on the market. Can play everything, everything, everything. Um, has a built-in even uh, Game Boy emulator in there, so you can play Game Boy games, not just Game Boy Advance. Um, really, just I like that clamshell uh, form factor you got on that. That one, that's nice. I mean, I guess that was the original. Yeah, that's was that an original thing for him. That was for the pocket, wasn't it? No, the SP was a clamshell <laughs> with a backlight. That was the new thing for that, and a lot of the. Oh, okay. A lot of the modding community prefers the, like, sideways candy bar normal style, but I love having a screen that covers itself. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised. I mean, I guess people are starting to do that now with their with the, like, flexible LCD phone screens where you can fold it up. Yeah. But I'm surprised we moved away from that because it solves pretty elegantly the problem of getting your screen scratched and cracked. I always end up getting a folio case for my phone, the kind that like fully has like a wallet that goes over because I don't want my screen mm-hmm. to get scratched in my pocket. And um, every time you open it, it does a Wilhelm scream. Yep. Folio. Oh, folio. I see. Oh. oh, okay. That was cleverer than I thought at first. <laughs> ah, that's my that's my subtitle. That's what my tattoo says. <laughs> cleverer than you thought. Uh, yeah, it's um, <clears throat> I. I have a student who has one of those foldable, the razor one that folds to about the size of a Game Boy Advance SP. Uh, uh-huh. I don't want... You told him that and he launched your thousand-year-old corpse into space? No, I didn't tell him anything. Um, I just happened to notice him uh, mm-hmm. at the video game club when he looks at his phone. I'm like, what's that weird square? Oh, it's one of those foldable phones. And... I wish that those were how they are, but the screen didn't fold. <laughs> I think that part sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen people use those, and they look bad every time. I I want it to be two that... screens with, like, a thin hinge between them. Yeah. Yes, or two screens with a hinge, and then there's, like, a little piece that slides out of one of the screens that covers up the hinge when you need one big screen. <laughs> Sounds impossible. Why? I feel uh, like they flexible. Do it. Does it stick down like tape? No, I'm thinking it would be like, I mean, there would still be a little bit of a seam, yeah. but you would have just like a little bit at the bottom of, like at the top of the bottom screen that just slides up a little bit to cover the the gap. I I feel like you wouldn't even need that. That you could design the hinge so that it sits. Uh, I don't know that it like sits flush. So when you open it, like, the two screens, there is a seam, but they are directly next to each other. Yeah. Um, Would you cut up your finger real bad if you were trying to swipe across the seam, though? Maybe. 
You'd have to you'd have to do like a rounded edge. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I just I feel like the foldable screen sucks. Uh, <laughs> last time I was looking for a phone to buy, I was looking like, can I get something that has the form factor of like a BlackBerry but still runs mm-hmm. Android? The answer is no. You just can't. <laughs> yeah. We've we have as a society have decided that that's not the way we want to go. I just i I want to be able to use Spotify and Discord and whatever on my phone, but I don't necessarily need it to be that classic candy bar smartphone style. I'd prefer something smaller. I'd prefer mm-hmm. something that isn't encouraging me to like watch movies on an airplane on it or whatever. Well, you're already most of the way down this path, Jeff. You should just build your own phone. I oh, here I, we go. It's not like I haven't thought about it. I know. <sighs> I think God. you should go back to one of those um, backpack phones. Uh, the mm. World War Two, the giant backpack you have to wear, and then that has that huge like uh, un- that you have to crank for some reason. Unblowable handset. Yeah, make one of those. What was that spinny knob for? Was that generating a charge? I thought it was tuning in, like, a radio signal. I have no idea. Huh. Uh, can I plug it into my stationary bicycle to power it? <laughs> That's a good idea. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's there's If there were, like, a kit that you could order to, like, get a customized, put-together phone, I might do it. But there's so much I would have to learn about how programming android works and about how Mm. all the components work together that i'd basically need to like have another master's degree worth of knowledge just about uh the construction and development of android phones in order to do this there's not like an online community of of custom phone makers out there that have how-to guides and stuff honestly for the most part people just modify the software for existing phones Hmm. Um, I guess there's probably a lot of proprietary hardware that, like, you wouldn't be able to get your hands on to make a phone as small as the commercially available ones. Yeah, yeah I think that's, that's the issue, is most of the components, sourcing them, you have to be, you know, Foxconn ordering five billion of them to make right. the next iPhone. You, know you can't just be a guy. I feel like yeah. now making your own prototype, like for everything, that happens where it's really clunky at first because you're trying to figure out what the prototype should be, and then the next generation of it is super sleek because you know exactly what you need. Now with three D printing, I feel like we're closer than ever to be able to make those prototypes streamlined it's ourselves. True, although we still don't have a good. <clears throat> there's no like print at home circuit board. Yeah. Solution. True. Mm. Um, Do people use circuit but maybe boards anymore? someday. Mm. Yeah, okay. circuit boards are the—they're everything, man. <laughs> yeah, they're the only was, thing. Yes, I was just seeing people talk about um, the trend of in certain new gaming electronics. I don't remember the thing they were specifically talking about, but a new thing that it was the the people making it were putting a clear case on it, like old Game Boys. So like, oh, you can see all the stuff inside, but there's fucking no stuff inside anymore. <laughs> so it's boring to look in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's all just uh, uh, microcontrollers yeah. nowadays. Yeah. Everything is like, everything is shielded, uh, especially in like a phone, because yeah. that's 
you know, it relies on uh, not having exposed areas that can get all dusty or are uh, prone to... It relies on you not being able to see the secret chip that the government put in there to keep track of what you're doing. You see all the messages streaming around? I bet it's a Dorito. Just kidding, it's not secret. I bet it's a Dorito. Yep. Doritos are are subtly radioactive (laughs) so they can keep track of Uh, That's the most secret chip of all. Mm -hmm. It's eating a Dorito is like drinking one of those glasses of dye that they use to track your circulatory system. Yeah, I was gonna say like a Dorito of the future, but then I remembered they made those and they were Doritos 3D and they were terrible. Mm. They were were okay. They were they were somewhere between good and terrible. All right, fair enough. They were certainly the type of thing that every couple years when they bring them back as a limited time retro thing i'm like yeah i'll try that again yeah and then you have one you're like oh yeah i remember and then you don't want anymore (laughs) exactly they keep keep doing that with cheeses they come out with some new version and i take a bite i'm like oh yeah i really want regular cheeses actually and not this Mm -hmm. Oh, I have I have long ago learned every time that I almost buy a weird flavor box of Cheez-Its, I just move my hand over, buy the yeah. normal kind, and it's the way to go. Yeah. And by the normal kind, I of course mean either extra toasty yes! or the hot sauce one. Yes! Both yes! Are those, are, yes! those are the two flavors. I'll get extra toasty, because yes. that's usually what All Sam prefers. All the rest prefers, of them are decoys. The... All the rest of them are a trap designed to <laughs> fool you. Have you noticed that the... Spicy, the hot and spicy Cheez-Its no longer have co-branding with Tabasco sauce like they yes, used to. Yes, and now there's still an obviously Tabasco bottle, but they've, like, photoshopped the label to just say <laughs> hot sauce. Uh, interesting. Good. I wonder if they taste different now. Probably not. They don't. I don't think so. I, there's only I have th- had them. There's only three ingredients in Tabasco. I feel like anyone can just copy that if they want. Yeah. I think that's why they stopped the co-branding. They were like, no one is buying this because of the Tabasco, and we yeah. could make this ourselves. It's it's interesting, because Tabasco brand sauce, I don't really care for it. I think it's- Yeah, a, I don't either. I think it's like too, I don't know, too it's sour too almost? Yeah, yeah it's um, too yeah. hot, it's too Very hot, vinegary. it's too salty, and it's too vinegary. It's all three of the things <laughs> that you don't want, and it's only three ingredients, so you just need a, a tiny drop. Things. Yeah, Frank's is much better. Yes. Yeah, I I prefer a a Frank's or equivalent like store brand hot sauce because yeah. that's yeah. also just like vinegar, water, and peppers. But yes, I don't but know they what they're fit, doing to Tabasco. They balanced it well. Yeah. Also, there's it's it's got the amount of salt you need to make the vinegar not unpleasant. Yeah. Oh, maybe it yeah, is Tabasco the... became their own. I think I've talked about this before because it's fascinating. But they've became their own weird self-reliant company. They're on an island off the coast of Louisiana. They own that island. Yep. They grow their peppers there. They distill their vinegar there, and now they take uh, salt out of the ocean. There, they have their own desalinization mm-hmm. business, and they have a, a <laughs> colony of glass blowers to make their <laughs> bottles. So they have all the ingredients there, which is very weird. But again, it's so simple. Anyone can make a sauce that tastes like it. Yeah. Yep. Well, they have the space on their little island to construct additional pylons to make the sauce uh, more efficiently. Exactly. They just have to watch out for Zerg. Yeah, unless you're pl- if if you Zerg rush the island, that's it for them. But you gotta you gotta figure out how to cross the water with your Zerglings. Can't build there, etc. Yeah, uh, maybe it's the salt. So anyway, that this does is it. all about Game Boys. Uh-huh. What? Yes. 
Oh, I was thinking maybe the Tabasco, the difference is the salt, because I don't think a Frank's or whatever has salt in it. I think it Usually. does. I think they all it do. It must. At least in the pepper roasting process. No, they don't roast the peppers, they ferment them. Oh, oh well, they must brine them yes. then. Yes, yes, you do yeah. use salt in the brine. Interesting. Anyway. I like Cholula. I like Cholula Chipotle because it tastes smoky and it's very good. That's usually yeah. one of the one I go for. I'll get that or I'll get, I'll have that and the regular type ready to go. I just always have a big old jug of Franks at home because I love <laughs> to make um, buffalo sauce. Yes, me too. For fake chicken nuggets, delicious. <laughs> I just make buffalo. I make I put chicken breasts and buffalo like butter and hot sauce in a slow cooker for four hours and then it's a shredded chicken topping for anything and it's great that does that sounds really good i put yeah (laughs) when i made chili last week i usually will make a ground turkey chili and this time i decided in addition to the three pound tub of ground turkey and all the vegetables i'm also gonna throw a half a stick of butter in there (laughs) oh no great choice Yeah, uh, I this bet. is the thin edge of the wedge on this one. No, I usually like I would have to unpredict. This is how Paula Dean got started. Jeff. <laughs> I would have to like kind of guess guesstimate how much oil would make up for the fact that the ground turkey is so much leaner than beef. Yeah. Uh, but just throwing a half a stick of butter in there gave it like exactly the right amount of fattiness that I wanted. Honestly, people say that about turkey chili. I've never felt like it is lacking in fat. I think it's fine. I mean, I do put a lot of cheese and sour cream on it at the end. Yeah, there you go. I don't even like turkey chili. How about that? Oh, we got the whole whole range of opinions here. Yep. Uh, I don't like non-turkey chili. How about that? Mm, But it's the more better one. I find the ground beef... Ground beef is texturally awful. I think I've said this before on the yeah, podcast. But, but I don't agree. It, when I grind my own beef, it's great. When I buy ground beef, it's always got weird, chewy chunks of gristle in it. Yeah, that, grind, that really horrible. grinds my beef, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's the beef tax. You just deal with it, is the thing about I that. No, just to. grind your own to. beef for chili. <laughs> or use turkey, which doesn't have that and is good. Man. Yep. Um, anyway, Matt, what'd you do this week? So, yesterday, I braved the snowstorm that's going on in the Philadelphia area in order to go and see the greatest show on Earth, the Ringling Brothers Barnum & Bailey Circus is back, you guys. Whoa, I thought thought you were joking when you said that. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't stop forever. They stopped a few years ago to rethink some things, and they didn't say whether they were going to come back or not. And a lot of people assumed that they were not. But they <laughs> rethink did! Rethink some things. Is this because their business was entirely built on animal torture and weird exoticism and racism? Um, the animal torture thing, for sure. <laughs> um, the show still has some Uh-oh. questionable... Well, I think that they actually did a very good job of representing other cultures without making them feel like aliens okay um but yeah so the the thing of it was they so many people were protesting the ringling brothers because of their questionable practices around animals they tried to do a better job and people were like we're not having it so (laughs) the reason that they shut down for five years i think was because they completely got rid of all the animals in the show there are now no more animals at the circus that's pretty good I have to say, I don't mind a dog circus. I enjoy when there's dogs. 
Yes, weirdly, in this new one, there is a robot dog. <laughs> oh no! And <laughs> it's not good, but kids kids went fucking berserk for this little horrible monster. <laughs> Can't believe they bought a Sony Ibo to be to replace all the animals in the circus. It's it looks like one of those um those like weird dog robots that uh. What was that company that was making those weird robots that you there was that video of somebody kicking it and it didn't fall down? I thought that was MIT, oh. no? Oh the yeah, Boston Dynamics. Uh Boston oh, Dynamics. Right, 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 right. Those goddamn one. those Metal Gear solid ass uh bomb yes. hunting dog robots. I hate those. So it was it was that, but it had a pink wig on top and no. that was it. That was this dog. Oh my god. <laughs> Ringling Brothers Barma Belly Circus of Hideo Kojima production. <laughs> oh man, it was very funny how dumb and terrible this little robot was, though. Oh man. Um, but anyway, the circus. I think that by and large, the circus is a good thing. I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about it. Now that the animals are gone, I didn't even miss the animals, because I always find that a little bit sad anyway. <clears throat> and it's just a bunch of people doing the most fucking insane stunts you've ever seen right there in front of you. It's great. That's good. Yeah, I have yeah. no opinion on whether things are, or whether the circus is ultimately good or bad, but I am glad that you uh, were able to find enjoyment in it, considering yeah, it's like it was such cool. an old-style thing. It's still entertaining. Yeah, so this is the first show. Yesterday was literally the first show after they came back. I don't know why they started in Philadelphia, but I'm glad they did. Um, and uh, yeah, I saw a guy set the world record for the tallest unicycle ride. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and what else? There was this awesome thing where, you know those, um, what are they called? Is it poi? Those things where you spin a, like a fire on the end of a a string and you do like a helix pattern around yourself and all that you know that i've only mm -hmm. ever seen it referred to as fire spinning okay yeah, i'm not sure well whatever that is oh yeah poi, uh, there was a poi is, you're right there you go um there was a troop of people from i believe it was argentina who they did that and then they had some drumming stuff but they also had those same strings, but with little wooden balls on the end of them, and that when they spun them, it made clicking sounds on the ground like they were tap dancing, and it fucking ruled. <laughs> it was so good. Really cool. <laughs> yeah, it was good. like they invented a new way to do tap dancing, and it was awesome. Nice. Um, yeah, so that was cool. I saw a very weird uh, show where a <laughs> 13-year-old boy and a man who I learned later was not his dad, but just a guy he knew. Uh, the guy would, like, juggle this boy with his feet. What? <laughs> yeah, this boy, like, does, like, flips and spins all around in the air while this man is laying on the ground, like, holding him up with his feet and just kicking him around. Huh. It was awesome. <laughs> it looked really cool. That really I... is the heart of the circus, isn't it? You're like, huh, I guess this is happening. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what the hell that's about, but it's cool. I think that the reason they went away for so long and only just now came back is they were trying to convince Hugh Jackman to come play P.T. Barnum at every performance. <laughs> <laughs> because he loves P.T. Barnum so much. 
I do think that there's a very real chance that the Ringling Brothers is trying to distance itself from a lot of the bad stuff in the history of circuses like P.T. Barnum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you, Have you guys seen The Greatest Showman? No. I haven't. I always am like, maybe now is the time, and then I'm like, no, I will be sad afterwards. It is a tremendously bad film, but everyone in it does a good job. And it mm. seems like the type of movie where if it came out in 2002, it would have been the only thing everyone I went to high school with uh, talked about in the right. in the like musical theater department. But I don't think yeah. that it I don't think that it hit like that for modern uh, theater kids. People are burnt out on terrible movie musicals. When we were kids, people had to latch on to whatever the two were that were available. Yeah. But now it's like you've got so many to choose from. Yeah, now it doesn't oh, have me, to... I'm obsessed with La La Land, because I'm a creep. <laughs> now it's not like I just have to accept Moulin Rouge as the only one yeah. until Rent comes out. <laughs> yep. Is this... Oh, I, I, I've seen the video of Pippin a thousand times, said everyone I ever did high school theater with. Yeah. God. I've never... I've never seen Pippin. I don't know anything about it. I don't think they've ever made an actual movie of it, but for some reason, everyone I went to high school with was was obsessed with Pippin. The movie had, like, the, I guess, quote, movie version of it is more, it's like, like almost like a filmed stage performance in, like, a black box theater <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's got Ben Vereen in it, and that's fun. Oh. Yeah, and uh, that dude who played the greatest American hero and Carrie's boyfriend. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, What's that, that guy. dude's name? Nobody knows. No. Anyway, nah. <laughs> um, you know what musical? <laughs> okay, I need to think about this. Okay, you need to talk. No, I don't need to think. I need you to think about okay. this for me. Is what I'm about to say. William Cat. Anyway, go ahead. Yes. The. Uh, the only thing that I really, the only two things that I know about the musical chess uh-huh. is one, Ben Vereen was in it, and two, that one song that was like a big single from it where that guy sings um, One Night in Bangkok. Yeah. Is his name Taco? He might have been German. Go on. No, Taco was the guy who did uh, Putting on the Ritz. Oh, you're right. You're right. From TV? Um, I don't remember the name of the guy who did... Uh... Murray Head! That just came Murray to me. Head, yes. What a good name. Yes. One Night in Bangkok. <laughs> and, like, the plot of the song One Night in Bangkok is, A, the most racist thing I've ever heard anyone sing ever. Yes. And, B, sounds like a bad plot for a musical. <laughs> it's about a guy who plays chess professionally and hates fun. Mm-hmm. You can't. Why is this? Is he the hero of this musical? You know what? It in the can't be right. Of course, the uh, movie he musical play question <laughs> mark. He probably learns a lot about life and love, right? Is that it, or is he the villain? This is the thing. I need. I really want to know what how chess is a a musical at all, and then if it's worth watching because I can't imagine it Did would be. Did you watch the Queen's Gambit? I did, and I enjoyed it. I'm wondering, in my mind, chess has exactly the plot of the Queen's Gambit, where the, the person's <laughs> but, super good at chess, they're like, nothing but chess! And they're like, oh, wait, I need to have other things in my life, actually. <laughs> the end. But the only thing that was fun about 
the Queen's Gambit was how little chess was in it, <laughs> and how much of it was about her dealing with being addicted to drugs. Yeah, but I'm sure there's no chess in the the uh, play chess. It's probably people dressed up in chess piece costumes dancing around. I remember clearly people trying to explain chess to me, again, when I was in high school theater, people being like, ah, well, this character actually represents the knight. Yeah. And, like, the the characters in the the musical, in addition to playing chess, are representative of the characters in the game of chess, no, I man. guess. I don't like that. It's too much. Yeah. This sounds wildly complicated. <laughs> All I know is we need Boy. to convince we need to convince and get the money for Tom Hooper to put on a movie production of Starlight Express. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> we need to convince him that we all loved cats so much that we I just need to. I bet you could kickstart that. Yeah, no lie. Kickstart it. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you could make a Kickstarter. Jeff, do this. Okay. Make a Kickstarter for getting a Starlight Express movie made, mm-hmm. and be like, "Here is what we plan to do." If we make the money, I will send a letter to Tom Hooper saying I will give you this money to make this movie. He might say no, in which case I'll keep the money. <laughs> then, do all of this. Yeah. And then he will definitely say no, and you get a lot of money out of it. I like what this What if he says yes, and then, it's, and then it's like the producers, and it's like, oh yeah. shit, we do have to put on Starlight Express. Then yeah. it's a win-win situation, Louisa, because then we get to see Tom Hooper's Starlight Express. <laughs> yeah. That's You're what right. I'm saying. And you get to be on Tom Hooper's radar, and maybe he'll cast you as uh, the caboose or whatever. I don't Shoot know. What that... Yeah, slugger. They all have dumb names, so I don't know. I don't know. I'll uh, cameo, yes, no, I'll cameo as Skimble Shanks the first. Railway Cat, obviously. <laughs> yeah. It's a crossover. Here's what... Here's what we need to do first, and this is actionable for us and for the audience, so this is important. Yes. Building off the popularity of that one scene in Barbie, I'm assuming, from last year where they rollerbladed, we need to get people super interested in rollerblading and roller skating again. Mm. This needs to become a groundswell of popular support for this uh, Okay, so you said this is is actionable for our audience. What specific action... Can our audience do to make this happen? Start rollerblading Talk about, everywhere. Especially online, how much they love rollerblading and yeah. roller skating. How it's the coolest okay. thing all over again. And maybe take so pictures of yourself doing it. So we don't need to actually do any rollerblading. Yeah, it then. might help. We can just talk about Put it. Put those on mm-hmm. Instagram. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'm saying other people should do this. I'm not going to do it. But other people definitely should. We can talk about I've- it. 100% I think one of our audience members should do the th- the Kickstarter scam I just said and then <laughs> become a millionaire. I don't I think that like there would be enough gonna... people to contribute to it. I feel like people are going to notice the part where you say that if he says no, you're going to keep the money. I feel like they're going to notice <laughs> that in the copy. But people do this kind of shit all the time. I know, but they do cover it up Go fund me. Is GoFundMe the one that uh, people can steal from? <laughs> I think they can steal from all of them. I don't yeah. think any of them have there any was kind that of policy. One, I think it was GoFundMe, that one where there was that one conservative grifter guy who was like, I'm going to raise money to build the wall myself. And then he was like, oh, turns out that's illegal. I'll keep all of this money. Yeah, and he sounds about right. kept like $2 million or something. I hate to say he earned it because it's bad all around. I do like when people grift conservatives, but yeah. I don't like when those people are also conservatives. <laughs> yeah, it's a real double-edged sword. <clears throat> yep. Uh, and I guess this would be the equivalent of grifting liberals, is 
raising their hopes that there might be another cat. <laughs> or oh, raising their hackles and fears. <laughs> we, we would, the, the danger here is really that they do make the Starlight Express musical and it's bad. But then Tom Hooper keeps going and eventually gets to the good Andrew Lloyd Webber's musicals. Because uh, if he ever are... does... Yeah. Phantom or uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, that would be bad. Excellent Joel Schumacher Phantom, and you cannot get better than that. I know, I'm saying he wouldn't... You think that... Louisa, are you... <laughs> do you think that the warning I'm giving right now is that Tom Hooper's muses, movies of these would be too good? <laughs> I think there's... I, I kind of think there's nowhere to go but up, even though I just said it was great, from the Joel Schumacher one, so I'm concerned, <laughs> yes. Oh... I'm just saying, I think, I mean, I think the, the Joel Schumacher Phantom is, like, bad enough that it d- didn't take over the m- the memories of the good musical that I have in my head. Hmm. Um, whereas I feel like now when I think of Cats, all I can think of is the t- bad Tom Hooper musical. The thing, though, is the stage musical Cats was also bad. Yes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm happy that Tom Hooper replaced the bad memories of the bad musical cats with the funny memories of the bad movie musical cats. <laughs> okay. Me. I don't want him to do that for the musicals that I actually like, like Jesus Christ Superstar and Phantom of the Opera. Let's have him do chess. It's not an Andrew Lloyd Webber, but it is half of ABBA and Tim Rice. It could be good. I mean, I don't have any baggage coming into it, except for how unbelievably racist that that play is. <laughs> Andrew Lloyd like, Webber was too busy making cats to make chess with Tim Rice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think he did make the right choice. Probably. <sighs> anyway, oh, Louisa, what have you been up to? Uh, this is the exciting conclusion of my last Times Adventure of trying to rebuild. Previously on Louisa. Yeah. Oh, this kitchen aid, I'm never going to be able to rebuild it. And now, mm-hmm. the exciting conclusion, <laughs> I did. I did finish rebuilding it. I often think about that um, joke from Flight of the Concords where they do a, a video, a music video about the Lord of the Rings. And they there's the line, we'll never make it to Mordor. We made it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like back to back. That's. Yes, that's your life now. Anyway, go on, your, mis- your mixer. I was holding for applause because I've done it. I've solved all mm-hmm. my problems with this one Yay. thing. Yay. <laughs> yep, you've, you've built a Game Boy screen into your KitchenAid mixer. Oh, excellent. Man. Now you can play that's Pokemon Ruby wherever you're making cupcake batter. Have you guys seen the videos of the Poke- of the Game Boy sewing machine accessory? Yeah. No. Love that. I can't believe it's real. Is we don't it? have to talk about it. I don't yeah, want to derail Louise's thing. In Japan, they made an accessory for your Game Boy where you could plug your Game Boy in and there was a special game that would allow you to design like embroidery oh, I see. images and then it would the sewing machine would sew it into cloth for you. You know what? I don't hate it. It's a pretty good idea. Yeah. I honestly I wish that they had something like that for like computers now where you could design a thing and then feed it into your smart sewing machine and it would embroider it. You could make a patch for your jacket that just says fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. I'm willing to bet that you can get a smart sewing machine. I have seen ones. I mean, maybe there are ones. Digitally program the embroidery. Yes. They do. But you have to do all of it on the sewing machine. Yeah. Mm. 
I'd rather do it on my Game Boy as well. Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm saying. If they made it one where you, you had design software on your computer and then you transferred it to the sewing machine, I mean, maybe that exists. I think that, that exists would be now. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, those embroideries always look bad, is all I have to yes. say. So P- Somehow pixelated. Yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be anyway, that way. I'm sorry I derailed from your It's mixture. fine. There's not a whole lot to it, because uh, I got, I clean out all the old grease. I put it in disgusting new grease, but this time it's uh, pleasantly yellow and not really dark brown. And I got the new gear, put that in place. I had the moment where you put it all together, you turn it on, it doesn't work, you freak out, you're like, am I going to have to take this all apart? And this is where I found out, and this is a PSA for other KitchenAid owners such as Matt. That's me. The two large plastic screws on the side of the top of the unit. Yes. You don't have to take those out ever. And I have no idea why they're accessible to the uh, end user. But when you take them out... It doesn't allow electric current to run through the KitchenAid properly, so it won't turn oh, on. <laughs> interesting. Okay. Yeah, I took them out. They have springs inside attached to little pins, which then, because of the spring, are pushed against the metal surface, which keeps it all running. Mm. So I took those out when I was taking it all apart, and I was like, this is weird. I don't know what these are for. I'm going to put them to the side. But apparently they're super important for it to run, and you shouldn't take them out. So why can you? I don't know. Probably it was like a safety feature for technicians, right? Like you can make sure that there won't be any electricity in the thing even, I don't know. I guess you can just unplug it. Yeah, that's the weird part. Or it's for perverts like you who want to disassemble their entire cupcake (laughs) machine. Yeah, well it's one of those things where you're like, I need to take the top cover off, obviously. How many screws are holding this on? 50. It seems like 50. So you're you're just taking out all 50 screws to try to get them mm-hmm. to top off this thing. Yeah. I should have watched that video from the beginning, but, you know, you figure, well, I'll just take all the screws out and then the top will come off. No, <laughs> incorrect. I do think it's very funny when you are watching a video on YouTube of how to do something and your brain somehow gets bored. Yeah. Even though you are like, no, I need to know this. <laughs> and then at the end of it, your brain's like... Yeah, yeah, I got it. Take all of the screws out. I get it. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And then the cover's off. You're like, wait yeah. a minute. I was, I was specifically watching, so I wouldn't think blah, blah, blah in the middle there. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, that was the... I mean, I had a similar issue when I was also pu- putting my electronics together. In yeah. that, like, none of the directions on, like, the website where I bought the thing did not include that you have to solder this wire between two points to get the screen brightness to work. They just didn't mention it. Ugh, man. The wire was included. <laughs> yeah, I had some trouble where uh, the video I watched was meant to be step by step, and it was very close, and it was good. But at one point, they're like, put the screws back in, and it, sh- the guy- it shows the guy putting in two of the screws, and then it edits to when they're all done, and it uh. took me a couple watches to realize, oh, yeah. You have to put in the other four. He did it, but they didn't show him doing it. Mm, yeah. Supposed to do a I speed. Do think that the, you speed up through that instead of cutting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I do think it's a challenge for people making tutorial videos online, though, yeah. of how to keep it interesting if you're doing so much sped, sped up, like, running around. <laughs> oh, this is shows me trying to get my piece up on my sawhorses but it was really heavy so i had to get a friend and then they 
helped me, you know, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. it is, that. that is the hardest thing uh, for me making videos, figuring out what to edit, and then it doesn't matter what you do or don't edit, people are gonna give you feedback like you should have edited mm. this more, or you shouldn't have edited it at all. Yep, yep. So, yeah. But, I got this all put back together, my only disappointment is, in the video the guy says, in one part that needs to be oiled, he said, and this is the part that will make your machine really loud, so if you're having trouble with that, it's because of the old grease. You replace the grease, it'll be quiet as a mouse. It's mm. not. It's not at all. Oh. It's exactly as loud as it used to be, so that's a little disappointing. I have had this problem with, I just, I think I mentioned in, on the show before, but I had to get a new dishwasher because my ancient one died. Mm-hmm. But it is freaking me out how much this dishwasher has sound dampening Uh, when the ones from the 80s that I had before didn't. mm -hmm. It is so quiet that I'm always like, is it doing anything in there? (laughs) The dishes come out clean, but it seems like a lie. Yeah. What if it's just uh, 3D printing new dishes? Yeah, it could be. I don't know. But then where are the old dishes going? That's where it gets the material. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, ah. melts them down. Yeah, completely. It turns out this was easier than cleaning them. <laughs> it evaporates the dishes and uh, uses transporter technology to just make new ones. Yeah, <laughs> it's got condenser think... plates to get all those dish particles and <laughs> re-solidify you them. You know, that is canonically how cleaning dishes works in Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> I mean, they. I think they just they've become so so communist in star trek that they're just like no the individual doesn't matter objects don't matter we could just do replicators and transporters for everything doesn't matter that it uh (laughs) that it breaks you down into atoms and destroys you and kills you it's fine (laughs) yeah i do think that if people invented transporters and replicators then it would probably fix humanity Right? No. No, because <laughs> the agree. plot, the like, I saw a Star Trek recently where one of the like season long plots was somebody uh, tweaked the genetics in the transporter uh, and basically put a virus into the transporter technology that would uh, like rewrite everyone who used it. <laughs> that would happen mm-hmm. day two of real life transporters. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but I just think, I think that so much of human energy is wasted on either getting things from one place to another, or trying to accumulate things, and taking those two things away, I feel like would be, would would make everyone's lives suddenly mostly meaningless. Yeah, I don't know. Do we need something to make our lives meaningless? Yes, I don't know. It yes. feels it, it feels <laughs> like those things where people retire and then they're like, "Well, now that I don't have a job, I don't know what to do with myself." Yeah. But like for all of humanity, and maybe that would be good. I just I don't know. I mean, I think we're already at the point where we could live in a post scarcity society, but the powers that be uh, actively prevent that from happening. So, like, yeah. we don't need transporters for that. We could already the, do it now if uh, the the proletariat the, were in charge. The yeah. failure of that, though, Jeff, because in general I agree with you, but every time I think about what that society looks like, there's still somebody who has to, like, wash the dishes or drive a truck from place A to place B. Hey, no, there yeah. isn't. Somebody evaporates your dishes through yeah, a machine. Yeah, you have a dish evaporator. That's what I'm saying, Louisa. <laughs> to interrupt me to make my point for me. Well, you say a person, is, but it's a machine. 
dream. That's the dream. No, that. <laughs> Go on. That's exactly what I'm saying. The failure of the we could do it today thing is that we still don't have a good way of moving, like moving things around without someone having to do a very unpleasant job or cleaning things without a person having to do an unpleasant job. And that's why I think we need these new technologies before we could really get there. I don't think maybe. it will help, honestly. Maybe not. I don't know. I guess whoever invents a transporter would then just charge people the same amount of money that they used to use to pay for truck drivers, but keep all of the money. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God, I would love, I would, it would be my absolute dream for someone to invent a transporter and like Richard Branson and Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos like scramble to be the first ones to use it and it just evaporates them and kills them instantly. <laughs> it would be in the, Minecraft. It would be the funniest thing that ever happened in world history. Of in the world history of Minecraft. Yeah. Nope, in the world history of the real world where we oh, don't no! have transporters so no one can do this. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> So yeah. Jeff is saying to our listeners, go out there and invent a machine to kill Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> well, so far we've only invented a machine, and I've perfected it to mix up bread dough, and I'm very excited mm. to have it back, but what do we do we've on the show? We've also invented a machine to let Jeff play 40-year-old video <laughs> games in his hands. I was trying to do a perfect, seamless, buttery, smooth oh. handoff there, where I said, so Sorry. what do we do on this show? So, what do we do on this show? Well... We each go to a, a news site and let the algorithm decide news stories that we would be interested in. So we can tell you about stuff that's not really that important, but that is interesting to us. <clears throat> and today, my news story is from a website called Hypebeast.com. Uh -oh. oh, boy. Is this and Mr. Beast? And the article title is, Sony says the PS5 is entering the latter stage of its life cycle. Yeah. Um, this is an article about the fact that a, a couple of days ago, uh, the PlayStation, the Sony executives said they are uh, looking at sunsetting the current PlayStation Five model, and a lot of people are freaking out because people haven't been able to get PS Fives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, How long has that thing been out though? At this it's point? it's came out in twenty twenty, so it's yeah. been four years. Uh, and people are saying that they probably don't mean they're going to make a PS6. They actually mean that they're going to make, like, the PS5 Slim, right. like they did for the PS4. Which sense. would be good, because this f thing is fucking gigantic and terrible. Yeah, one of the main reasons I have not bought a PS5, aside from the fact that it does not have any exclusive games that I uh, need to play, is the fact that it Spider -Man. is... Spider-Man! Spider-Man! I, I could play that on PC or PS4. Spider-Man 2? Oh, is Spider-Man 2 not on uh, PS4? I think it's on I PC, think, though. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's on PS4, but it's definitely not on PC yet. Well, it's coming up. It'll be on PC eventually. <laughs> I've already played all of it, though, Jeff. How, how do you not want to do it faster? <laughs> I mean, I just... Like, I still haven't gotten... You're the guy who pirated Tears of the Kingdom three days before <laughs> it came out. Oh, uh, man, get him! Get his ass! <laughs> That was a week and a half. I played like 50 hours of it before its official launch. Yeah, well. But like that, the spite, I liked Spider-Man for the PS4. I thought it was mm -hmm. fine. It's not the type of game where I'm like yearning for it. 
Tears of the Kingdom was something I had been looking forward to for <laughs> years and years. Mm-hmm. Hold on, though. You're the guy who loves Spider-Man because it shows a lot of neighborhoods that you know in real life and you like it. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, and it also reflects your uh, 1950s teen uh, high school years. Yeah. Uh, I think it might be... I don't know. Maybe my brain has built an association with the Spider-Man video game and being locked at home for COVID. Uh, so, oh, okay. but I, I, I did beat the first one. I didn't hundred percent it or anything, but I, I didn't get through the like half sequel, the Miles Morales, uh, standalone mm, yeah. expansion. So I have not moved on to Spider-Man two yet. Um, and by the time well, I do, it'll probably good. be out for it's PC. better than both of those ones. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Um, I think that people should stop making consoles because yeah. Yeah, no point. I don't really understand what the point of them are anymore. That being said, I will probably buy whatever the next PlayStation is if they make another one. Yeah, I'm only interested in the next Switch, probably. It's really fun. Yeah, I guess I should say, I think everyone except Nintendo should stop making consoles. <laughs> yeah, and Nintendo <laughs> because... should get back to making sewing machines to attach to our consoles. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that would be fucking radical. <laughs> the thing is, Nintendo is at its heart a toy company, and whenever they yeah. do something like, you plug your Nintendo Switch into this cardboard piano, it's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I keep thinking about the fact that nowadays, like, there's this huge push of handheld PC gaming systems based on the Steam Deck, but the Steam Deck absolutely would not have happened without the Switch, and it took them, what, five years to get there? Because Nintendo was just like, yeah, we could do this, and then they did. Yeah, because the thing is, they were willing to... uh have a more optimized and less powerful system that was harder to make games for. (laughs) Yes. Whereas a Steam Deck, it's like, well, we want to make it so it can play a bunch of games that were not designed for it. Yes. And I think that in general throughout history, Nintendo's consoles have been the ones that have, like, introduced new ideas and then other people followed behind them. And so everyone else just stop. Just let Nintendo do it, and they'll do it. And then if you want a good game, a, a good performing game experience, after Nintendo does whatever they're doing, three years later, people will be able to do it with PCs and then just get a gaming PC. That's what you should do. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, that being said, my Steam Deck died, and I'm very pissed no! off that I'm going to get a new oh, one. What happened? The screen just stopped working, so oh, it'll work right. in in docked mode, like with the the TV as its monitor. But yeah, the the screen just didn't work, and it wasn't even anything I did. I proved to uh, Valve support that like I didn't use an unlicensed charger, I didn't mod it or anything. Uh, it was entirely one hundred percent their fault that the screen died, and they're like, "Yeah, but you bought it more than a year ago, so." Fart noise. That's annoying. That sucks. Yeah. Is could you replace the screen? Is it is it home serviceable? You you can, but it, a new screen costs like two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, at that point, Might and as well at that get point, I'm like, one. exactly. <clears throat> so, that being said, the Steam Deck is still the best console 
available in the world. I pretty much only use my gaming PC anymore. I play gaming, I play PC games or or Switch games. I have not turned on my PlayStation 4 in like a year and a half. Yeah, I I said that thing about getting the next PlayStation when it comes out, but I think I will have to think about it for a while because I don't know... I, the reason that I, for a long time I was like, I'm definitely going to buy every PlayStation console is because of the Final Fantasy games, but I didn't even play 16. Yeah. It didn't look that good. I forgot yeah, I that that already came more, out. Yeah, same. I thought people would get more excited about that when it came out, but people just stopped talking about it. I played the demo and I was like, yeah, this is fine. It's really horny. <laughs> they all are. It's like, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I think that they're trying to be like, we're for grown-ups now, but like, I don't know. I feel like in your opening uh, cutscene, you shouldn't have one character be like, hey, I want to fuck you to another one of your characters. Fine. I don't know, that's fantasy. what Baldur's Gate built their whole empire on, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Let me try that again. Fine whole fantasy? Is that Boo! anything? No, I don't think so. Okay, I just wanted to check. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I do like that the PlayStation still is like, and we're also a Blu-ray player because I don't want to have a dedicated Blu-ray player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think that's the only yeah. thing I've used my PlayStation for uh, recently is mm-hmm. playing a Blu-ray disc. I mean, I think Microsoft said that they're probably not going to make any more Xboxes. Like that is the way that everyone should be going. They've been trying to like turn Xbox into a platform that exists across systems since the Xbox mm. One. Yeah. Nowadays, literally the other day, my my TV was like, do you want to download the Xbox app on here and then yeah. just turn your TV into an Xbox? I was like, I guess so. Yeah, the you know, the streaming works decently well. Yeah, and it's only going to get better, I think. They really want it to be good enough that no one will even notice. Yeah. It's tough, though, because, like, even with really good Wi-Fi, you still notice. Yeah. You still notice. <laughs> it's true, but I don't know. I think that there's a middle ground where, like, the the processing power of your local machine is good enough that it can handle short-term stuff well enough. I think they could get it to the point where... It is not dependent on having an extremely high-speed internet connection. Yeah, that might be true. But Just, like, let it buffer more in the local <laughs> cloud? Yeah, I wonder if there's things that they could install and things that they could stream mm-hmm. uh, in the same way. Like, treating the computer itself like, like RAM and the uh, cloud like the disc that you're reading from. Yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking of. Yes, that's eh, we don't need it. to troubleshoot for giant corporations, really. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We don't. Yeah. So anyway, uh, what news story did you get, Louisa? I got D&D players blame Baldur's Gate 3 for creating new Matt Mercer effect. Uh-oh. Yeah, so it's just, uh, it's one of those non-articles about a couple people complained on Reddit, so they made an article about it. Mm-hmm. But the I... idea is... Hmm? I was just gonna uh do you, are you familiar with the term matt mercer effect either of you 
I wasn't yeah. until I read this article, which did tell me. Oh, you're you know a real Dungeons and Dragons fan named Four Dragons. <laughs> oh, you're a real Dungeons and Dragons fan? Are you from Dragon's Quest, the series? <laughs> uh, Jeff, did you want to anyway. say what the Matt Mercer fact was, or do you want me to say it? No, you go for it. It's your article. Uh, it's simply the idea that uh, Matt Mercer does DMing for the podcast and also streaming show i guess i don't know what you call this sort of thing it's on twitch it's on youtube that sort of thing yeah yeah. um called critical role he's the dm and he um he puts together or uh runs uh, improvs such a good story that people who play real D &D games are let down after having watched those first Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, he's a professional voice actor yeah that they that they their adventures with their DM are not as exciting as these, you know, professional ones. Have you guys seen the memes of Matt Mercer next to Dungeons and Dragons things? Do you know what I'm talking about? The the pictures of him? No. The various no, faces of this. Matt Mercer. There's a meme of um like him looking normal. Uh, and it's like the DM uh tells you that you're going into a new dungeon and there won't be any or uh the normal face is, the DM says you're going into a new dungeon, and then it'll be him smiling, and it'll, it's, he says, and you go in, and the, you don't see any enemies, and then it'll be him dressed as, like, an old-timey villain with a curly mustache. I don't know what that's from, but, and then it says, all of the monsters in this are mimics, or something like that, to be like, ah, oh, the GM tricked you into thinking he was nice, but actually he's mean. Okay. Anyway, this has been Matt Explains Internet Memes. Coming for your lunch, Jeff. No. No, my paycheck. (laughs) My moneymaker. So this article is not even about that. This is about, as you can probably guess, people playing Baldur's Gate 3, thinking they like Dungeons and Dragons from that, then playing real-life games and being disappointed. So, I will. I will say this. uh, The teens who played Baldur's Gate and then came to me asking me to run Dungeons and Dragons for the gaming club, they're thrilled, and I'm not doing as good a job as Baldur's Gate 3 at all. (laughs) See, that's the thing. I feel like playing Baldur's Gate, or anything that would um, have a automatic set way of handling the rules, helps you learn the rules, because then you see in different situations how the game treats you following a rule or not being able to do something you wanted to because of the rule and yeah i think it's helpful i yeah i think i think that no matter how good baldur's gate 3 is if you play actual dungeons and dragons at a table as long as you are with people who are cool it will be better than any video game could be i also think that playing baldur's gate 3 has made me better at dming um yes i think that's true for me as well i like it's given me more of a sense of, like, I don't know, because Baldur's Gate 3, there's more stuff to see everywhere than any DM could ever have in their world. But also, I can just, like, have a list of stuff and toss it in there for funsies wherever I want to. Yeah. I could make my worlds have treasure in every place that the people want to explore. (laughs) I want. I think if people are being let down, I feel like maybe it's because either they, the player, or their DM, or both, are not good enough at improving what they should do. 
So they mm-hmm. want a certain solution, and then when they can't have it, one or both of them like doesn't try to find a solution. They're just like, well, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to do that. You can't open that door. Try something else. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a plan. I also issue. think that yeah. I also think that things like Baldur's Gate make people think that you, in order to GM a game for your friends, you would need to have the level of pre-prepared, like, writing that a game like Baldur's Gate has. Yeah. But that is not the case, because unlike with Baldur's Gate, if you're running a game and somebody says something that you didn't expect, you don't have to have something in the game already to cover what they Mm -hmm. did. You can just make it up. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. You don't have to have a tree of relationships with NPCs. You can just be like, oh, this person wants a relationship with this one NPC. I only have to have information for this. Exactly. Yeah, you make one mistake mentioning that there's a night security guard at the warehouse on the docks where you're party is trying to break in and he becomes the main villain of the next arc (laughs) thing that happened i love that that happens so often when i'm running games and it's my favorite thing about gming is people just picking a a p an npc and being like we're all focused on this guy now (laughs) i was just like yeah there's this you avoid the security guard what's his name uh uh blarto and that was it that was the whole rest of the campaign was uh, chasing Blarto across the multiverse. Yes, that was fun. Uh, fun fact: Matt Mercer is in Baldur's Gate three as Mick. yeah. Yes, I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, he really, I, <laughs> I kind of don't like him. He hits a lot of my nerd buttons when I see him. I'm like, oh fuck this guy. <laughs> but yep. I can't deny he's been very successful, and I think he does good voice work. And it's kind of amazing that whether people disagree on which is number one, everyone agrees the two biggest best games last year were Tears of the Kingdom and Baldur's Gate 3 and he's in both of those. That's pretty fucking yeah, amazing. Yeah. And he voices uh, everyone's favorite character in Ke- Tears of the Kingdom. Like <laughs> I think I think universal acclaim to how Ganondorf was written and performed in that game would be safe yeah. to say. Yeah. I also think it's very rare to have a person who is just a nerd become a nerd celebrity and not have something truly heinous yeah. and awful come out about them, so that's I'm willing to give Matt Mercer the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fair. So now we've gotten about the notice, bo- mm. notice that I phrased that very carefully in such a way where I didn't say that there isn't something awful and problematic about Matt Mercer in yeah. case it comes out immediately after this <laughs> podcast, but so far he seems chill. Yes, agreed. And now that we've gotten to the bottom of this, Jeff, what have you found on the internet? Uh, headline, Jodie Foster reveals a lion picked her up with its mouth on a movie set. Quote, what? the crew oh, was running. <laughs> oh, God. It's so like someone should have prevented <laughs> that from happening. Uh, it should have been someone's explicit job to keep this lion from eating Jodie Foster. You think? Um, no, she was in a movie. She was just on the Graham Norton show. And talked, uh, the preview image here of the video has Olivia Coleman making a face like Jodie Foster is pooping on the stage right next to her. Uh, <laughs> there should also be someone whose job it is to prevent that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there probably is. Uh, but on the 1972 film Napoleon and Samantha as a nine-year-old, uh, starring alongside Michael Douglas, um, mm. there were three lions on set. She said a main lion, a stunt lion, and a stand-in lion. And the stand-in lion <laughs> is the one uh, that came over, picked her up sideways, shook her in his mouth, 
and turned around. That's hard. Now, I'm pretty sure that all lions have manes. Uh, is that is that a joke? That's no, all right. Really. Yeah, I like it. I, the primary. I lion. feel like people listening <laughs> would have been mad if we had if someone hadn't made a joke about the fact that Jeff said Maine in relation to lions. I guess, no, I, I guess it's so. good. I liked it. I'm just <laughs> mad about it because I didn't notice it first. Um, yeah. All the the lion was very well trained because the trainer just had to go drop it, and the lion put her down. <laughs> Yeah, but it's not really a great position to put a kid in, I feel like. No. And peop- and you know, that same thing happened with Dave Padista on shet- on set, and people say that he's not very well trained. <laughs> yeah, he tried to but eat Jodie Foster But if you tell him to drop it, he usually does. <laughs> oh, man, it's weird that we still have child actors. Yeah. Yeah, you think we should have replaced them with deep fakes? <laughs> Robots wearing pink wigs. I- yep. I just... <laughs> It's very hard to justify having one industry where we still do child labor and we all agree that it's okay because it's art. Yeah. Yeah. Even though most people do not come out of it unscathed and even someone like Jodie Foster who continued to be successful as an adult, like, I don't know, man, they still made her play a hooker in a movie when she was like 14. Yeah. I think that there is... Part of it is that I think people have, people see child acting as like a monolith, whereas I think that there's certain types of child acting, like on one of my favorite shows that's airing right now, Abbott Elementary, where the child actors are only ever in one episode and they are like mostly just there as scene setting. That I think is okay for child actors as opposed to making them the star of a thing when they're nine. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like there must be ways to do it right enough that certain child actors say, you know, working with this famous director, it made me want to continue acting. And, like, they continued acting into their adulthood. Like, they clearly love it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's Yeah, look at terrible. Daniel Radcliffe. He's great. Yeah. He's doing great. I feel like he's maybe a counterexample since as soon as he became an adult, the only thing he wants to act in is uh, weird gonzo nonsense. <laughs> but see, yeah. maybe he was always that kind of guy. He's only able to do that because he already has the fame and the money from Harry Potter. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, I, I, I agree that it's... I think it needs to be something that is much more carefully looked at and done with care. Uh, in a way that it usually, or often, I guess, isn't done with care. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like, like we were talking earlier about Steven Spielberg, I feel like the child actors who have worked with Steven Spielberg have good memories of that, from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But, like, that includes Drew Barrymore, who ultimately became yeah. uh, insane and is okay now, uh, but, like, yeah. completely broke down because of being a child actor. Yeah, that's true, but she also has those stories about like going to drugged up uh, Studio sixty four parties. Yeah. It's like so. there's for for every like Haley Joel Osment where they have a normal time and then kinda just set acting aside, or Daniel Radcliffe where they're famous from age ten and decide to continue acting later. There's also like a Drew Barrymore or like a Jeanette yeah. McCurdy. Uh like all those T V Disney and yeah. Nickelodeon kids, oof. 
Yeah, I don't think they took care I of think, them very well because they had to not go at all. Like, really fast and produce it, seasons and stuff. I think it has less to do with being an actor or even necessarily being famous, but more about like telling kids when they're kids that they don't need to progress anymore to be successful. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is also true of a lot of people who get famous as children in the music industry. Like, fucking Justin Bieber, who seems like he's a fine, well, no, semi-fine human. That. He seems like kind of a douchebag, but I think yeah. maybe if yeah, he had had a, a normal childhood, he might yeah. not be. Yeah. Exactly. And if he had any... If at any point anyone had ever said to Justin Bieber, well, yeah, but you do need to go to plumbing school or whatever, <laughs> I feel like you would have turned out fine. Here's the thing, though. I think this is the paradox. People like that, especially in the music industry, they never become famous child singers unless their family is so fucked up that their family is like, yeah, this is a great idea. Money? Sure. So yeah. it's impossible to separate whether or not they could be successful without that because they wouldn't have right. ever been it. Except for the fucked up thing. Yes. Yeah, music industry stuff. I don't know if there's a single case of someone who uh, was under the age of 18 when they started their career and ended up having a normal one. <laughs> I can think of one because I looked it up last month. Uh-oh. And it was the guy who sang um, Donde Esta Santa Claus <laughs> when he was a little kid. <laughs> And it was a massive smash hit in the 50s. And then he he was, like, very rich, and he used all of the money to, like, bring his family over from, uh, I want to say Cuba. Hold on. I can't remember. But anyway, uh, he ended up being very normal. Did he ever... There's a video of him as an old man listening to the song and singing with his family. So there's one success story. We found it. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Did he ever Augie find Ro- out? Rio. Augie Rios is the actor's name. Okay. Or actor, sorry, musician's name. I don't think I've ever heard of him. I know that song, but... Yeah. yeah. Well, this is the only song he did, but he was yeah. a huge hit, and he was like 11, and he got re- really rich off of it. <laughs> Good for him. Uh, um... Puerto Rico. I was wrong. It wasn't Cuba. It was Puerto Rico. Okay, yeah, that's a much, I think, easier trip to make. Yeah, uh, for sure. Than, yes. <laughs> that's, like, Cuba, already in the United in the States. 50s, 60s, in the 50s, geez. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, if you click on Augie Rios on the Donde Esta Santa Claus Wikipedia page, it redirects to the same Wikipedia page that you're already looking at. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, you know, the guy who did this. That's all. Did he ever did find he? out where Santa Claus was? Hold on. Didn't no one can say? Didn't some shitty band like Lit or the Cherry Poppin' Daddies or something cover that song? Like probably fifteen years ago. I feel like, man, I'm gonna have to look that up later. That's probably fine, right? I mean, what? I don't think they did a good job, so I don't like that because it still gets played. Because any Christmas song will still get played. Mm. Uh, Guster, is that who you were thinking of? Probably. I don't remember Guster. Guster's a good band. Uh, yeah, they? Guster's a good band. Are they? Yeah. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't do, lump them in good. with the cherry poppin' daddies, but I also well, I don't, don't know. know anything they did, so maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> they did, um, uh, what was that that good song of theirs? <laughs> oh, boy. If you can't remember. 
Did they do that one that was like four, four three, two, one, and the barrel of a gun? You think it's feist? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea, man. I'm sorry, I can't help you. Uh, what did Custer do? Fa fa. That's not it. I'm clicking on songs. Careful, Amsterdam. What you wish for? I've never heard of any of these. I I definitely remember liking at least one Guster song. Okay. I don't know which one it is. I don't know what they did. Apparently Satellite was famous enough to be in Wedding Crashers and the OC, for instance. That's probably one where I'd recognize it if I heard it, but I have no earthly idea what it is, uh, yeah. just by the title. I only think of that um, All right. Dave Matthews Band satellite song. So, Donde Esta Santa Claus came out in 1958. Okay. What decade do you think uh, Death by Railroad did a cover of it? Oh, <gasps> man, we got a stealth a stealth version of the ah. game. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'm going to say 1987. Louisa? What was, it? what was the band called again? Death by Railroad. Death by Railroad. Sounds like some early 2000s bullshit. Uh, early 2000s, before 2010. You were closer. It's 2016. Oh, wow. Oh, apparently the band Los Lobos did a cover of it in 2019. That's cool. Well, good mm. for them. Yeah. They're the Listen, ones who... That song rules. They're the ones who... That song is really good. They kick your ass to outer space. That's that band. Yeah, exactly. They uh, painted Johnny Five Gold. <laughs> yep. Is that what they did? Somebody turned Johnny Five Gold in that no, movie. No, he gets turned gold at the end when he takes his citizenship test. Yeah, but who did it is the question. The, the president no, of the United not. States. There's no way the U.S. government Steve turned Gutenberg, him gold. Steve Gutenberg, was he even yeah. in the sequel? I don't remember. No, he's not. God damn it. Fletcher. The guy is named Los Locos, not Los Lobos. Uh, That's a worse yeah. name. Yep. What is the um, the guy who does a racist in that movie? Fisher Stevens. Uh, Fisher, Stevens. Fisher Stevens. That's the one. I kept on trying to think Fletcher Christian, and I'm like, <laughs> no, that's the guy who mutinied on the bounty. <laughs> oh God, eating jackfruit. What are we oh, talking about? We were talking Why about we Short here? Circuit Two, I think. <laughs> yeah, Jeff's news article was just the entirety of the movie Short Circuit Two. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, we were I talking got... about uh, Jodie Foster getting uh, picked yes. up in the mouth of a lion. <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, She's I feel like Jodie Foster should be more upset about the things that have happened to her than she is. I feel like it's really messed up her brain because remember when she was like, "No, I'm still friends with Mel Gibson. He's definitely not anti-Semitic or sexist at all." Yes, I do remember <sighs> that. I remember when she defended Mel Gibson in her Oscar acceptance speech. That's not good. Yeah, she's got a uh, been famous since she was a child brain, so I don't think that she knows how anything works. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I'm surprised that some people who have been famous since they were children are good actors, genuinely. Like, Jodie Foster's a good actor. I think Daniel Radcliffe is a good actor. And, like, I thought that to be a good actor, you needed to have normal human experiences so that you could draw upon them for your performances, but maybe not. Yeah, I think Hmm. the thing is, acting is mimicry, and some people are just really good at mimicking the stuff, even if they don't go through it themselves, you know? Yeah. That's true. Yeah, it's interesting. Do you know her name is Alicia? Mm. Her mm, siblings weird. just started calling her Jody as a kid and it stuck. Hmm. Did she do that song about um 
New York. Concrete jungle where dreams are made of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was her. Keys. Yep. Yes, it was Alicia Keys, not Alicia Foster. Okay, yes, well. I mean, Alicia Keys is definitely a stage name. We all know this, right? Is it, though? It has Jesus. to be. Yeah. You don't become a famous uh, <laughs> what about piano player with the last Matt? name Keys. Yeah. What? I said, what about nominative determinism, Matt? Mm-hmm. What? I will say, yesterday at the circus, I saw a person who was shot out of a cannon, and her name was Skylar, and that can't be a coincidence. That's fun. Yeah, you're right. It's a stage name. She's Alicia Cook. There we go. Yes. I mean, there was a like general named Max Fightmaster. I don't think that anything <laughs> is too out there. I think it. I think that the idea that a p- famous piano player would be called Keys is a little much. Dick Army unless was like true, the in which Secretary case, of Defense. The thing yeah. is, unless that was real, and then we'd be having the conversation. Oh wow, how funny that that turned out to be real. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I guess Billy Joel is named Billy Joel. You know, that famous piano player. Is that a... The piano man? Is that a, like, piano I name? Make, I was trying to make a joke about the idea that Billy Joel would be named after himself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I That's really what it work. felt like, but I, I was like, surely that can't be the joke. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like, not really a joke. I must just, be wrong. It's exploring the space around jokes. <laughs> it's about it's the really jokes making you're not question, telling. It's making me yeah. question what a joke is, really. Ooh, Dadaist <laughs> humor. Yeah. So, if you at home liked this, our journeys into the imagination of humor, <laughs> humor in quotation marks. Uh-huh. Uh, then you should listen to our show again, and you should tell your friends to listen to our show again, or for the first time, depending on how often they've listened to the show previously. That's how a normal person would say it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not a robot at all. No, I'm not a robot dog with a pink wig on. <laughs> I am. Why a pink I'll wig? I'll admit it. <laughs> That's like um one of those sociological experiments. Like, what's the minimum thing we can do to make people like this? It's a yeah. pink wig, it turns uh, out. That's yeah, all you have maybe. to do. It's creepy without it the wig, but have... with the wig, much better. It also did have a like an LCD screen on the front of it that had cartoon eyes. Yes. Yes. Like, look around. Uh. It's practically Hatsune Miku now. <laughs> it was so that. horrible, though. <laughs> if, it, like... It was the level of horrible that I was worried that they would introduce in the second act that it went rogue and started attacking people. <laughs> that would be a fun storyline for the circus. Honestly, that would be awesome. Their circus I would robot kills people. See, I would love to see a plot of a circus where the circus performers had to use their circus skills to fight robots. There must have been that a would genuinely kick that, right? ass. What? There must be a Cirque du Soleil program about that? Something like know. that? I don't think that they're big on fight sequences in Cirque du Soleil. They could I thought be. they had one like the fire, fire, fighters. That sounds bad because that's already a thing. But like people who are like <laughs> the Fire Nation from Avatar. They had a, some kind of weird themed thing about that. People were doing stuff with sticks and pretend fights. Mm. Hmm. I don't remember this, but I believe yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Tell your friends to watch the show is the point. And okay. uh, don't watch it, though, because it's a podcast. Yeah, that was a trick. That was to weed people out who aren't real fans. Yep, I lured you into a false sense of security and then I shut the door in your face. Get them. Um, 
if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod, or you can join our Discord, and then you can tell everyone how you disagree with all of my opinions, which seems to be all anyone says on our Discord anymore. Yeah. That's fine. I'm the villain. I get it. I'm Knuckles. Um, yeah, you're the so sin eater. Yeah, if you want to do that, you can uh, message us on social media, and then we'll send you an invite. And you can do that. I'm on Blue Sky at Matt Heron. My main things are Steam and Letterboxd. Jeff JK on both of those. That's it. Okay. All right. <laughs> and I am on Mastodon. You can talk to me at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. All right. Well, I hope everyone liked the show. If you did, please come back next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to keep your pockets on Shrek. Don't read the comments. I'm the best around. <laughs>